All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, owner of uh, RB2, Cordero Patterson. Sorry, RB4. I think he got passed in the night games, so we're uh, loving our new our new running back prize here, Cordero Patterson. Coming off a win, got a little more energy on the podcast this week, fellas. Uh, joining me tonight... From Take Your Ball and Go Home, the 58-point Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. How are we doing, buddy? Oh, how the mighty have fallen, huh? Just a true, true riches to rags story over here in Team Atlanta. We are, we are hurting. <laughs> we are hurting. I thought you were going to say because he was celebrating Patterson so much. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was. I was like, oh, oh, how the mighty have fallen as well. I mean. We're celebrating RB4s over here in Todd Gurley land. <laughs> this is uh, just weird times on the podcast right now, but hopefully T-Bag can get healthy with a uh, little little get-right game against the curtain this week. Ooh, all right. <laughs> um, joining me, obviously joining us, is from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. We're podcasting early because he's got a reservation at Russell Wilson's backyard barbecue in Denver later this weekend. How are we doing? Yeah, when I when I first got that invite, it was a lot more exclusive than uh, than what it is now. After he's been cooking up some microwaved hot dogs the first few weeks of the season, uh, I love the energy. Keep bringing it. We may get our first podcast agenda since the girly days uh, if we can keep this energy going. No. Thanks for accommodating my schedule. I, I will say it, it had to be a day before. I am heading to Denver, meeting up with some Seawolf scouts, looking at hey, RW1, anything there, Sutton, Judy. Let's just let, let's see him on the practice field. Let's see him running out there, sprints, no defenders. Want to see if we have some trade targets here. So meeting up with some scouts. Happy you guys were able to accommodate the schedule. Thank you very much. Can you get um, the opinion of the Denver locals? to back our podcast debate from last week as to who the better running back is on the Broncos. Uh, I will happily do a poll of some of the people I run into and, and see what they have to say. Yeah, you guys are pretty pretty adamant about that one. and uh, I think it's a lot closer than uh, you two experts think. Well, I'm meeting up with the scouts this week, so I'll, I'll ask them too. Yeah, let me know what they say. All right, hit us with the trivia, Shane. All right, yeah, I got two questions for you guys tonight. Um, we know we have some, some time to kill. Um, no one wants to listen to our analysis of the matchups. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone that listens listens solely for this part. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no uh, good stuff coming from the analysis of uh, the week, weekly stuff. But, yeah, got two here for you. One uh, I just thought was pretty interesting, and then one we'll go with our, just kind of our standard stuff. Um but so far, there's two undefeated teams left in the NFL, the Dolphins and the Eagles. Most 3-0 teams in NFL history make the playoffs. Um, so we're expecting both of those teams to be playoff teams by end, by end of year. One of those teams has a left-handed quarterback in our lifetime. Where are we going? Five left-handed quarterbacks that have won a playoff game. Looking for those five quarterbacks. You want to start or should I? Go ahead, Cos. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is the last 
left-handed quarterback to win a playoff game. That was awesome. I wish we had Exotic on, on for the on for the show tonight. Ed and Phil talking about Tebow. It's the Steelers. Oh my god. <clears throat> I, I really thought this was a pretty Steve Young. Alright. Steve Young is the most. He's eight and six in his career. Tebow was one and one. Um, Steve Young won eight playoff games. One of them is Super Bowl. Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel was five and five. Oh, oh, I got a good one. Hold on, I'm gonna make sure you want to play that game. Yeah. Let's go. The former Pittsburgh Steeler, Philadelphia Eagle, and Atlanta Falcon, Michael Vick. Michael Vick won two. He was two and three. Pretty memorable, uh, memorable one against the uh, Packers. The Packers and, and Panthers. He had a good one against the Panthers too. <sighs> At least one left. This is the tough one, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a tough one historically, but um, probably the toughest one of, of the list, yeah. Just because... Oh. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to guess Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason went 3-2 and two with the Bungles right back when we were still in our, in our diapers um, back in 88 and 90 in the playoffs so good job with that one I thought that was interesting just hey, we're going to see a left-handed quarterback looking like the Dolphins are pretty for real this year so is that happens. our first sweep of trivia I think it might be yeah probably I think it might be now we'll just we'll get to the uh, the dessert here um, <laughs> so far in 2022 there have been 10 players with over 250 receiving yards I'm looking for the top players in the NFL in receiving yards through three weeks of the NFL season. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is number one, 344 yards. Uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is not on the list. God! <laughs> Come on! Good sweep, good sweep. (laughs) Todd for the win. (laughs) Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's number two. (laughs) 342 yards. Reason for every question. (laughs) There was a reason for the question, and it was kind of to help you out. (laughs) I I need help. Because you have two of them. (laughs) Uh, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown's number 10. 251 yards. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's number four. 309 yards. I thought Devontae Smith just had like 170 yards or something. He had zero in the first game. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
that I know who is not on this list. Chase Claypool is not on this list. <laughs> that, that is astute. That guy's stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a Steeler that has 100 yards rushing through three games, or 100 yards receiving through three games. Um, reason for every question, give me Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is not on the list. Damn it. Um, I think Tyreek Hill's on this list. Tyreek Hill's number three, three hundred seventeen yards. Waddle two and three. Waddle and Hill two and three. To go with our left left-handed quarterback. I mean, rather than me just rapid firing wrong answers here, let's just go to Cobb. Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's number five. Cobb just apparently was studying this list before we got on. I can't. I can't believe he's number five. Ninety-one yards. Um, I think Cooper Cup's on the list. Yeah, I was hoping one of you would say him, considering he's the best player ever. Howard um, <laughs> Robinson. Cooper Cup is number six, 280 yards. Kind of a slow start for the bit for the guy this year. <clears throat> so we need seven, eight, and nine, right? That's correct. All right, I, w- I want to. So Devontae Smith had 249 yards. That's and correct. I, just, I want to let the record show the stupid question. Seven, eight, and nine. Uh, I think Christian Kirk's on this list. Christian Kirk is. He's eighth. Two hundred sixty-seven yards. My apologies, Mr. Kirk. Uh, Aroma St. Brown. St. Brown is number nine. Two hundred fifty-three yards. Chase and Pittman. And Chase is 
they're both right on pace. Like it's pretty close. Pittman yeah. Pittman missed a game, but I, his yards are over when he plays. So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be tight. Yeah, you're gonna have to avoid the injuries, obviously. Yeah. All right. Good questions. Good questions. Um, all right, where do we want to start? I guess we'll start with the matchup that's already been mentioned. Uh, Steel Curtain against Take Your Ball and Go Home for the Week 4 matchups. Um, it's got to be Game of the Week. No, this is not Game of the Week. Um, on the Curtain side right now, we got Derek Carr, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Gabe Davis, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, Garrett Wilson, and Raheem Mostert. Um... I think that'll probably change a little bit as we get closer to the week because Cook's very questionable with the shoulder. Gabe Davis didn't practice today. Um, he'd probably like to get Dalton Schultz in there, but he also is, I think, up for debate. So definitely some injury issues there on the curtain side. Um, for T-Bag, we got Herbert, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Gerald Everett, James Conrad. Amon Ra St. Brown. So definitely uh twenty nine point favorites over for T Bag uh at deserved so deservedly with just the better players on that side of this matchup for this week. Um we'll start off with take your ball and go home. Um Shane as the Justin Herbert owner in this league, I'm sure you would love to see him probably sit the next week or two um and make sure he gets healthy. Any concerns about Herbert long-term this year with the injury and the way that they're kind of making him play through it? Saw so him still in the game in the 38-10 game last week. Yeah, you, you kind of read my mind because I was hoping he sat last week. Um, he certainly isn't right. Um, certainly, and obviously the, the rib injuries are, are pretty tough, pretty fickle. Um, just need, you just need time for them to heal. There's not really anything you can do. Um, can't really hurt it much worse, but um, clearly you can't you can't play at your best when when, when your your ribs aren't right. Um, I would love to see him sit, get a little bit of rest, maybe a week or two. Um, I thought they would would have did that last week, but at least maybe when the game got out of hand a little bit, and they certainly they didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm clearly gonna need him to perform at a top three quarterback level. That's what I paid him for, and that's what I, I need. To be able to compete with with the, the better teams in the league, so when you got guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson going out there putting up 35, 40 point weeks, I, I, you got to match that somewhere. So um, I, I would love to see the guy take a little seat here for the next couple of weeks, so he's ready to go down the stretch. Well, can you re- refresh just quickly uh, our listeners on your medical qualifications to make that diagnosis? <laughs> he's he's as, qual- strong to quite as, strong. as qualified yeah. as the team doctor for that team. So look, they, they they know he's the future of the franchise. They would not put him out there unless they were ninety five percent sure he's going to be fine playing through it. I understand they want him to be fresh for the playoffs, but just getting to the playoffs and, and they, they just got their doors blown off. From the Jaguars knocking some people on the podcast out of the suicide pool. I have concerns. I get what you're saying. We're, we're going to see him just play through it. 
Yeah, definitely a week that you'd like to see him healthy and playing at Houston. I think there's some points to be had this week. Um, but I am I am a little concerned about it. I mean, it's it's weird. It's not a rib bone injury. That's I don't know what the difference in rib bone and rib cartilage is, but that just sounds bad. But if they're shooting him up before every game to get him ready to play, that that's not necessarily great. And his left tackle's out for the year with a torn bicep, so that doesn't necessarily make you have the warm and fuzzies as well. So we'll see. I have Herbert in another league, so I'll be monitoring it as well. But definitely a little worried that this may just be a, a tough year that he's playing through some stuff. We saw it's, we saw it's, not even, it's not even just that. It's also the fact that with our dumb fucking waiver wire setup, you have to waste a roster spot because you don't know if he's going to play or not. I was pissing me off all weekend last week. Because he sits there and you got to wait and see if he's going to be a Q or an out. And then you have to pick up a guy before because you can't do it after. So, yeah. There we go. I got my bitching in about the waiver wire process. for. Just sit in your egg. That was the problem. <laughs> Just sit in your egg. <laughs> so he just eats up, eats up a roster spot when you get an injury like this where you don't know if the guy's going to play. Well, that's a good kind of segue. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because we have a you know, a certain amount of time to get the the stuff in tonight, but the waiver wire quarterbacks are pretty poor too right now. We saw scoring around the league has been pretty down. I have a bad quarterback as well. Um so I was looking to improve that position. Um went with Sunshine this week on the waiver wire. because um, I don't know how long I can keep running RW one out there. But it's not great. Oh my god, look at this. Justin Fields, number two? What the hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> that guy stinks. He's awful. <laughs> he's out of the league and after the season, he's gone. I mean, he, they, the Bears have completed 23 passes through three games. <laughs> That's gross. Um, over on the curtain side, Russell Gage, big game last week, 12 catches for 87 yards. And a touchdown. Obviously, Godwin not playing, and Mike Evans uh, serving his one game suspension. So, a little bit of increased uh, target share there in a game that they were losing most of the game. So, Gage put together a nice uh, effort. They gave him a pretty decent contract in the offseason. Are you guys encouraged by Russell Gage's performance last week? Um, and do you think there's anything there the rest of the season? Short-term, short-term bump for me. Um, product of uh, just absolutely being no one there for him to throw the ball. At. I mean, we talked about it before. This is clearly still a Mike Evans um, show, Chris Godwin show when they're healthy. Um, but obviously, he's reaping the benefits right now. So, I mean, short-term play. Um, expect Gage to, to put up another solid week this week, as long as, long as he's the uh, only guy in town. I'm trying to see what what he's done. I'm sorry, I can't give me an option to see complete stats. Okay. All right, so I like Gage in the short term, uh, sort of as this bridge until those other guys go back. But I have some concerns about Tampa Bay overall. Like I don't, I don't know. 
how much of a playoff push they're going to make with Tom. Of course, it's his last season. They're all in. They'll do whatever they can to get him in. But if they're borderline, and it doesn't look like they're going to make, be able to make a run in the playoffs, I'm not sure they don't just shut Tom down um, last few games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like Gage for next few weeks. Once they get the guys back, Julio, Evans, Godwin, I, I'm i sure Ed's going to make a move at, at the deadline to acquire some talent here and be able to backfill what Gage is going to be. But as a stopgap, I, I like him. Um, my take on Gage, I think Gage is a good player. And the only reason why I think there's value there the rest of the season is I don't think – I think Godwin's going to be battling injuries all year. I think he came back too soon. Um, and, you know, Julio is what, what he is. I think he's also going to be battling. So I think Evans is pretty rock solid. But other than that, Gage is definitely in play. Um, Friendly in, reminder in about the, right the medical qualifications that you also have for the podcast listeners. Yeah. Um, I just play one on TV. Um, who do you guys got winning this one? I'll take uh, take your ball and go home. Yeah, I think I'll uh, I'll stick with ourselves. That's just uh, too beat up, and, and I think my team's just a little better right now. Uh, I call this one NSFW, not suitable for work. This one's going to be ugly early and often. Um, give me the T-Baggers. All right, next game, Mixed Mad Dogs against Bull Weevils. Uh, one and two Mad Dogs against two and one Weevils. Mad Dogs right now are eight point favorites over the Bull Weevils, um, probably due to again some health concerns over on the Weevils side. Uh, two is questionable for tomorrow night. Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery is questionable. Uh, Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup, Dawson Knox, Mike Evans, and Jalen Model on the Bull side. Uh, on the Mad Dog side, we got Stafford, Kareem Hunt. Damian Pierce, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Tyler Higby, Tony Pollard, and Khalil Herbert. Uh, that Chicago running back uh, decision this week will win large in this game because if Montgomery doesn't play, I believe that's a huge uh, boost for the Mad Dogs with Herbert, seeing as Dallas ran uh, pretty well on Monday night against the Giants and as Phil mentioned the Bears have completed 23 passes in three games so right now Christian Kirk on the bench uh, for the Mad Dogs I guess he's looking at big play Slay and thinking that he's not going to want a piece of that but I gotta think you gotta get Kirk out there so I guess my question for you guys would you play Christian Kirk in that matchup and if so over who on the Mad Dogs I'm not sure, but I'm just looking at this roster. This is a pretty deep, deep roster here for the Mad Dogs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of playable guys. I mean, yeah, they're, they're pretty deep. I mean, you got, you got Judy and Kirk Edmonds on the bench. Uh, I'm not sure where I would fit them in. At. I mean, you got pretty good options everywhere. Um, I, I kind of think I'd, I'd leave it the way it is. I mean, Hunt, Pierce, Pollard, Herbert, that's the options, right? 
Are you taking out? Yeah, I, th- I think I'd play Kirk and take out Pierce, and I like Pierce, but <clears throat> got to think Dougie P is gonna gonna have something lined up for the Eagles this week. Yeah, it's it's tough. It, it's a really deep roster. There's a lot of guys on the bench that would definitely start for for other rosters in the league. The problem is gotta yeah, play Pollard. I, you can't yeah. leave Pollard out. I know. I know. I like I'm looking at Chase Evans and thinking, like, holy cow. Um kind of find a way to get him in, but I don't I don't I don't see who you started over, so I, I, I agree with what what's out there if Montgomery doesn't go. You you, you have to start Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk. I mean, who are you, who are you putting Kirk over? I, I I agree with what 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 he's got out there right now. I mean, Pierce had twenty carries last week. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was a good matchup, though. I mean, we'll see. I don't I don't know that the the Chargers have a pretty decent defense, but. That Houston team is just very, as the kids say, sus. So, but yeah, 20, 20 carries and two catches, that's tough. I mean, you definitely want Kareem Hunt out there at Atlanta. That feels like Hunt and Chubb both go for 15-plus points. Yeah. Um, you know, Pollard, I think, he played a ton on Monday night. Um, he's he's going to get 12 to 15 touches. I don't know. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's right. Um, Debo has Debo's got one touchdown so far this year. That's going to change. Um, he owns the Rams, so you gotta you gotta have him out there. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you're not touching Samuel or Adams. Obviously, no, I can't. You can't do it. Tough call. That's why you make the big bucks, Mick. Good luck with that, buddy. Um, over on the Weevil's side. Man, he's got four stud receivers with Pittman, Cup, Evans, and Model. He's loaded too. Um, if David Montgomery can't go, even if he does go, you got to pick one or pick two from Jacobs, Montgomery, Dobbins, and AJ Dillon. Who you guys got? I mean, I think long-term, he's going to need Dobbins to get going a little bit. Um, I think he will. I think I'm going to go with Myers is the guy I would slot. So is that possible? No, because he's a wide receiver. Oh, he doesn't have a running back in his flex. Yeah. My bad. Uh, I, think I, go, I think I'm going A.J. Dillon then. Um, there should be enough volume there. Dillon and Jacobs? Dylan and Jacobs. Yeah, I wanted to pick two out of the four. Okay. Yeah, Dylan and Jacobs. Okay. Yeah, that that that's what I would go with too. Dylan and Jacobs, because I, I even if Montgomery goes, Herbert's still going to get something. Uh, I think that we're going to see Dylan get more and more carries as the season goes on. 
AJ is still going to be a solid play. Um, but give me Jacobs and Dylan. I think so too. I think it's Jacobs and Dylan. I don't think Dobbins is a big play this week. I think they're going to have to try to score quick to keep with Buffalo um, because the Baltimore defense has struggled a little bit, I think, uh, so far this year. So, um, yeah, Jacobs. Oh, I, I don't even love Josh Jacobs, but he's definitely still the lead guy there, getting anywhere between you know 13 to 15 touches a game. So, yeah, that's that's the move. Who do you guys have won this one? This is a good matchup this week. Yeah, this is um, two pretty good teams. I think I will take the Mad Dogs in a close one. Mm. Yeah, give, give me the Mad Dogs, and I hate agreeing with Shane, but it, it, it's going to be down the wire. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to take uh, the Weevils. I think the wide receivers have great matchups this week. I like Pittman, Cup, Evans, and Waddle. Um, if two is able to play, that could be a big one. Um, and even even if you have to go with Brady on Sunday night, it feels like it might be an opportunity for Tom to have a little better game. They're really, really touting this game. Have you guys seen the promos for the Sunday night game? Yeah. Where they're trying to say Mahomes like looks a lot like Brady. Yeah. I thought that you would find that laughable, Shane. Yeah, I'm still still waiting on the, him to catch up to Tom in Super Bowls like you guys told me two, three years ago that Mahomes was gonna have as many Super Bowls as Brady. Get over um, it. Stop. Yeah. But I still remember I took the I have the receipts. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote it down that you guys told me that it was likely that he was gonna catch up to him. Uh so we'll, we'll see 40 years from now if he's still playing. Um, so still, still wondering where that game's going to be at there. Uh, saw the day it could be in Minnesota. That, uh, that Sunday night game. Tampa Bay, Kansas City at Minnesota. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't find anywhere closer. Unreal. Um, Alright, next game, Nevermore against the Denver Desert Dogs. Um, dogs nine point favorites in this one. Nevermore at 0 and three. Dogs at one and two. On the Nevermore side, we got Kyler Murray, Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Rashad Penny, and John Dotson. Um, on the Desert Dogs side, we got Russ McCaffrey on the injury report. Cordero Patterson, C. D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, T. J. Hawkinson, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tyler Lockett. Um, we'll start off on the Nevermore side looking like he's going to get a boost this week with DeAndre Swift likely missing the game so of course I get him the week when Jamal Williams is a starter Um, T. Higgins going tomorrow night Uh, let's talk about Dallas Goddard Um, scored a touchdown last week it was, you know, he's got 60 yards in week one, 82 in week two, only 26 last week, but like I said, did score. Um, you guys in on Goddard the rest of the season? Um, you know, I don't know that there's enough passing volume to go around between him, Brown, and Smith. Uh, what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm in on Goddard. Um, I think he's, he's a certain, certainly a tight end one play. Um, I mean, that has a lot to do, I think, with the tight end landscape. But uh, I think he's a, he's a top eight, nine tight end in the league, fantasy purposes. And I think um, we talked about it a little bit last week about the just the Eagles being better as a whole. Um, and Goddard is clearly the the number three option there. And I think there's just enough for him. I mean, I don't really know that there's many more. I mean, it's just those three. So, I mean, Brown's going to get his. Smith's obviously going to be involved. Um, and I think Goddard's involved just enough to, uh, to stay relevant. I don't know that he'll have one or two games this year maybe where he pops, but he's going to be right there in that 10-point range, which is where you live comfortably if you're what you're looking for for your tight end when you obviously if you don't have one of the big ones. No, I, I, I'm not in on Coder. Uh, I think it's been a little bit of fool's gold so far with what the Eagles have been able to do. Uh, he's going to transition to more of a touchdown-dependent tight end, put around those long-season rankings. He's number five now. He'll regress back to eight or nine and be similar to what you can grab out on the wire. I'm, I'm, I'm not in on Goddard at all. He's fast. I like watching him play. Every time I always feel like I see him on red zone making some kind of big play, uh, catch and run. So I like Goddard. I agree with you, Shane. Just the way tight end works, you could do a lot worse uh, than having him. Um, on the dog side, obviously I talked about my quarterback position. We got Russ at Vegas, which should be a good matchup. Um, then we got Trevor Lawrence, who's been outstanding to start the year, QB8 right now, coming off a 31-point uh, effort against the Chargers last week. Um, but he's at Philly in what's, I think, a very tough matchup uh, for him and that Jacksonville team. Who would you guys start if you were me? I didn't really pick up Lawrence to start this week. I like his... Uh, schedule after this week for the next couple weeks and that was more the reason I wanted to go that route but I think he's still definitely in consideration for this week what do you guys think no I think you you gotta let Russ cook this week um it's been disappointing so far obviously but I think you gotta let him go um Vegas has not been stellar um there's some points to be had there in that matchup, I believe. If there's one guy you don't got to worry about going to Las Vegas and, and having a rough night before game day, um, I think it's RW1. Um, he'll be in bed by 7.30, ready to go for the next day. I did see another Rush cooking uh, picture. You sent us the, the hot dogs <laughs> and the cereal. Um, I saw one of his raw chicken breasts with Dawn dish soap squirted over it. <laughs> And that's who you're going to have to roll out this week because you cannot, no. Trevor Lawrence at Philly, you've seen what they've done so far. I, I, I said Philly's been a little bit of fool's gold so far. This isn't the week where I say, hey, let's go against the grain. This is where everything turns around. you got to start Russ's subpar cooking. Yeah, I think you're right. Um Phil, I also wanted to ask you, because it's relevant to this matchup, how's your thesis on uh, Kyler Murray coming along? 
uh, strong to quite strong. That's it. No other no other comments about Kyler. Um, he stinks. I mean, he's 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 been good. Um, not much else to say. Well, he's got a good one at Carolina this week, so I'm expecting a uh, a Kyler game here. But who do you guys have winning? Uh, Nevermore against the Desert Dogs. Yeah, I think through two weeks uh, there was about one and a half people in this league that trusted in the Desert Dogs still. Myself and, and half of their owner. Um, and I, I still believe in the Desert Dogs. And the last time that they uh, started 0-2 and looked like the worst team ever, um, I think we all remember what happened. And I still think this is a pretty good team. Uh, give me the dogs. No reason not to this week. I don't know if we all remember what happened when he started going to, but... Uh, he gonna... traded for Antonio Brown and gave up, I think, like 37 cents and a couple used baseball cards. Was that the uh, Chris Carson for Julio trade? No, nah, that was a different year. No, there was okay. a number of trades before the Antonio Brown trade, too, Shane, <laughs> so... Um... And, and it was it was, I traded Duke Johnson and uh, another receiver, Demarius Thomas, I think, for Antonio Brown. <laughs> Don't feel great about rolling out Dotson here. Um, yeah, give, give me the dogs. Low scoring, ninety to seventy five point matchup here. Uh, I'll take myself too. I just think I have a little better players on my side of the of the game, but I think it is. I think it's tight. I think Tyerson give me everything I can. Uh, I can get this week. I, I will say I do like the matchups on on Nevermore side. Um, I like the lineup a little better on yours. I think, but I think I do like the matchups on his. I wouldn't be surprised to see some points from Nevermore this week. Yeah, and that would just be justice since I called him Never Score on the podcast last <laughs> week. So. Darnell Mooney can't find a spot in the lineup, though. Huh? No, he's trash. Absolutely. <laughs> he's soon to be waiver wire fodder. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I saw a bunch of threads saying that there's there's no reason to hold on to him. 23, 23 catches through three weeks. Yeah, he's spread among that offense. Um, next game, Seawolves against Abusement Park on the Seawolves side. This team's loaded. Jalen Hurts, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Chris Olave, Rashad Bateman, Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown, A.J. Brown. No spot for Allen Robinson and Romeo Dobbs. Just too good on the Wolves side. For the Park, Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Mike Williams, D.J. Moore, Pat Farmuth, Alan Lazard, and Michael Carter. Um, talk about the park first. Joe Mixon tomorrow night. Um, I, I saw a reputable sports gambling uh, advice giver on Twitter um, provide a, an insight into Varney's game. He thinks the Bengals smoke the Dolphins um, because... The Dolphins' defense had to play 90 plays in that heat last week against the Bills in a tough game, and now they have to turn around four days later and play um, the Bengals, who have underachieved so far. So 
I think if that's the case, you got to think Nixon scores and has a decent game. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm in on Mixon this week. Um, I think he gets in the end zone. Um, I think you're looking at a close to 20-point week out of him. Um, I think might be a little overplayed on the on the Dolphins having to play 90 plays, but, I mean, they have coming off two pretty exhausting matchups, one against Baltimore and then Buffalo. Um, things sort of come back to the, to the – to the mean here in the NFL a lot of times and I think uh, since he gets uh, gets it over on Miami here on Thursday night um, mixing for, for close to 20 yeah I do think the Bengals stick it to the Dolphins um, this will come back to bite me but Mixon is who we thought he was RB17 right now through the first three weeks I I don't see the 20. I I think he's going to be single digits. Also would have to mention that the leader in rushing yards so far this season is the other running back, Nick Chubb, having himself a nice season. Um, over on the Wolves side, we saw Derrick Henry with a nice game last week, uh, 20 for 85 and 5 for 58 through the air. So maybe things aren't as bad as we thought they were in the running back room for the Wolves. Um, let's talk about Olave. I had no idea that he's got 268 yards um, so far this season. Nine for 147 last week. Uh, heard Jameis Winston might not play this week. It's very much in doubt. Um, apparently Andy Dalton is the backup for uh, the Saints, which will be interesting, but they have a good matchup. London game against uh, the Vikings. What do you guys think about Olave in this matchup? With Milk Carton also very questionable. Yeah, I mean, 13 targets the past two weeks, both games, so gotta like uh, where that's headed. Anytime <laughs> um, you can get your wide receiver three or four on your squad to uh, get 13 targets a game, that's it's clean living right there for the Seawolves. Um, obviously, I'm not going to go out and say it's going to be another 9 for 147 performance, but definitely got to like what you see from Alave. I think he's a solid solid flex play for sure. Um, give me something closer to 10 points, though, this week. He's the wide receiver one on that offense. I, I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly, uh, but it, it has which is great news for me. No matter who the quarterback is, he has a big game this week. Uh, I don't know if he'll get 13 targets again. Probably more like eight or nine would, would be what my scouts keep telling me that, that are stationed in London right now. I love him as a play. That's why he's in the lineup. Nothing more London than Andy Dalton versus Kirk Cousins, right? Just feels <laughs> feels very London game Sunday morning. Should be interesting. Um, I'd also like to see James Winston because that could be fun. I feel like the last time he played in London, I think he threw like four touch or four interceptions um, for the Bucks. So that'd be be interesting. Who do you guys have winning this one between the Wolves and the Park? Yeah, I mean, the Wolves looking like the best team here in the league right now in week four. Where have I seen this before? Um, 
maybe every other year of this league's existence. Um, give me the Wolves to stay hot and then crumble down the stretch. Hmm. <laughs> Feels like a get-right game for Eckler. Uh, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown, the Brown brothers get me over the edge. I like the Wolves this week. No reason not to. I'll take the Wolves as well. And, and I hear what you're saying, Shane. I think it's tough for... Uh, Phil to win the league in years where you're good as well because he doesn't get that trade deadline boost. So, um, you know, you both have good rosters this year, which makes it a little more difficult for you guys. But I think the Wolves stay hot this week and get the win over the park. Uh, next game, Fleetwood franchise. Uh, only three in the team in the league against Team Ice Cream. 2-1, this one's projected to be a tight one, 113.9 to 112.8 in favor of the franchise. Um, Josh Allen, Javante Williams, Brees Hall, Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, and Curtis Samuel for the franchise. Mahomes, Najee, CEH, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, and George Kittle. Um, definitely some concerns on the ice cream side. Kamara's not been great to start the year, and CEH is part of a running back group for Kansas City who had 17 carries last week against the Colts and only picked up one first down. Um, are you guys concerned about CEH and his role in the Kansas City offense? I mean, seven carries for zero yards and a score last week. That's, uh, that's what he had. Um, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that stat line when I looked. Um, just crazy. Um, I'm a little concerned this week. Tampa Bay is still tough to run the ball against. Um, and obviously, I mean, he's only got 22 carries so far in three weeks. So that's, that's certainly concerning. We're still using him out of the backfield a little bit, um, which is nice. But yeah, I'm a little concerned. Um, Seem to be a little bit, I don't want to say committee, but I mean, just not a whole lot of uh, production coming out of the backfield as you would expect um, out of uh, an Andy Reid running running back room. So a little concerning. Um, I still think he's a fine bottom, mid-bottom RB2 play. So, I mean... Look at the rest of the roster. Spears' team's still pretty good, regardless. So he's not—he's not really expecting much more than um, low double digits from from Miller. Uh, concern, absolutely. He's not. It's just not an offense where he's going to get twenty carries a game. He's going to get used a lot of the backfield, like we've seen, which makes him very usable. Three reception, four reception, five reception the last three weeks. So he's a very good start. He's a very good play. But it's almost like you're starting a James White type of role and throwing him in there, which still has value, uh, but your upside is pretty limited. 
probably move Kamara into the running back spot and find a spot for Devonta Smith. I think that's the way I would probably go if I was Spears um, and get CEH out until you have a little more clarity on that situation. Um, over on the franchise side, we saw Brees Hall um, out-touch Michael Carter last week. Eight carries for 39 yards, six catches for 53 yards. Is this a changing of the guard in the Jets' backfield? Does he have something here with Brees Hall, or still just kind of a stay away? Mm. I hope it's not a changing of the guard. Um, I rely on Carter quite a bit in the other league. Um, I'm obviously still a Michael Carter fan. I think he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, really uh, weird to kind of see the... Uh, the targets out of the backfield last week, 11 targets for Hall as a running back. I mean, I think, I think that's kind of a, a little bit of an aberration, but he had nine targets in week one. So, I mean, clearly they, they found something that they want to use him out of the backfield. Um, I don't know there's a changing of the guard yet. I think it's going to be more of a more of a split for right now, so I'd still stay away, but kind of wait and see right now for me how the next couple of weeks shake out and, and uh, where they're, going to use him, say, about a month from now. Yeah, I'll, I'll address it in this way. For this particular week, he's been getting, Hall's been getting those kind of targets because they've been playing from behind. The Steelers cannot do anything on offense. So there's not a situation in which the Jets are going to be down more than one score. And he's not going to get that kind of usage in the offense, not playing from behind double scores. He's a fine play. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a change of the guard yet. It, it, it probably is with where they drafted him, but it, it it's going to take a little bit. It's, it's not going to be immediate. It, it won't be a full switch of switch of. Uh, switch over from Carter Williams to Hull. Michael Carter Williams, huh? We're going NBA talk here tonight. Uh, I'm curious to see what this Jets offense looks like with Zach Wilson when he gets in there. Um, I just don't think you can take any anything uh, really with Joe Flacco out there. It's just weird. Um, Bill Funner. Yeah. Who do you guys have winning this one? For me, I'll ask the same question I asked last week. Is Josh Allen on one of these teams? He is, and I'll take the team that has Josh Allen. I'm going to open with, we have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, and not even the game of the week. This league. (laughs) How good is this league? Uh, We get Allen Mahomes, not even game of the week. Um... But yeah, I'm gonna go with the team that has Josh Allen. I think he puts up another thirty-five burger. That's enough. Oh my god, Josh Allen is just phenomenal. Only QB two, surprisingly. Lamar. Lamar QB one. I'm sure that's sustainable. Um, yeah, give me the franchise, give me the team that has Josh Allen. I, I hate agreeing with you guys, but it's the right play. 
All right, game of the week. We got about eight minutes to get this one in. Flock against the Renegades. Both teams two and one. Both teams projected for 113.9 this week. So ESPN's got this thing deadlocked. Um, on the Flock side, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Mark Andrews, Devin Singletary, and Brandon Ayuk. On the Renegade side, Lamar. Saquon, JWJ, Terry McLaurin, Milk Carton 1.0, Kyle Pitts, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. Um, we'll start off with the flock. Did all of us completely miss on James Robinson? Um, one of the better buys so far. Running back three. Um, he has... 12 touches in week one, but scored twice. 25 touches in week two and scored. And 20 touches in week three and scored. Just an awesome start to the season for a guy coming off a pretty severe injury towards the end of the year. How good was that buy for Rankin and the flock? Yeah, yeah the defending champs just kind of making us all look bad at this point. Um, he's got another, another really good team. Um Another really, really stout running back room. Um, even with DeAndre Swift out, his team still looks good. Like you take a you take a running back out of the out of the lineup on most teams, and it's like, man, they're going to be hurt. But I mean, he just fills guys in, and the the roster still projected for 114 points. So um, great buy, great buy with Robinson. Um, hard to expect this kind of production coming off of a, the Achilles injury. I think it was I think I saw it was nine months ago just the other day. Um, usually Achilles injuries are a little more severe than that and take a little while for guys to get back. So um, kudos to, to Rankin. Great buy there. Um, I think it slows down a little bit this week. Philly's defense is shown to be pretty tough. So I'd be interested to see uh, where his production's at this week. I don't, I don't know that I'm expecting the uh, anywhere near where he's been the first three weeks. Maybe give me closer to like 10 to 12 points. Wait, what are they buying at? Uh, I feel like it was less than ten bucks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought so too. Um, was he still on Eddie's roster at the end of the year? Yeah, he got him for six bucks. Yeah. So you, you wonder. Not a conspiracy theory guy, but you you wonder if it's a a did he steal him at the draft or was he's someone that should have been kept over uh, Dallas's tight end. Um, but yeah, like he's RB3 through three weeks. So great buy, great get. We were all wrong. It wasn't uh, an ETN offense, just not yet. Um, he's the steal of the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's fair to ask if he should have been kept, but I don't know that any of us could have assumed the health. Um, so, we all missed, obviously, if he went for $6. So, But I think it's a fair question. Um, on the Renegades side, LeBron James chimed in on Monday night and said Saquon is back. Do you guys agree with LBJ? Uh, like I... My podcast comrades here I generally 
take to heart just about anything that LeBron James says. Um, pretty, pretty smart guy. Um, I, I generally follow whatever his advice is. So, yeah. Um, all kidding aside, I do think Barkley is somewhat back. Um, clearly, he looks a lot better. He looks healthy. Um, going to be a question of whether or not he can remain healthy. That's kind of been the, the question mark on, on Saquon so far during his career. Um, but they're they're determined to get him the ball, and he's clearly the focal point of the offense. And I think part of that is because Daniel Jones has a lot of limitations. Um, so, yeah, I think Barkley is back to be in um, that upper-tier RB1. Yeah, I'm not ready to say he's back yet. Uh, what he's done through the first three weeks is sort of what we've expected him to do when healthy. Uh, the, the Giants, uh, I mean, I, I went to bed at halftime of that game. They, they were completely unwatchable at Cowboys-Giants game. No, no, no fault to Saquon or what a fantasy asset he is, but let me, let me bring it back to the point. The issue with him is all these injuries. And can he sustain this kind of workload over a full season? I mean, he has not yet proven that he could do that. So there, there's never been a question as to what talent he is. Um, just more if he's going to be able to stay healthy. So it's almost like if I'm Fegley, I want him to get a minor injury at this point in the season to be able to be healthy for a playoff run because he can't sustain this kind of workload week in and week out and not get hurt at the end of the season based on what we've seen. Phil obviously is medically qualified to make those assessments uh, just to bring the podcast full circle tonight. So uh, because we only have two minutes left, we'll just get right into the winners. Who do you guys have winning, the flock or one of the best rosters in the league, the Running Renegades? Yeah, I said it last week. I think I'm, I'm done picking against the flock. They make me look bad every time I do. Um, give me the flock. Till, uh, till they prove otherwise. I'm willing to die on this hill. I still don't. I, I understand they're number four in scoring. I still don't think Fagan's roster is that good. Um, I'm pretty sure by the end of the season we'll see him in the bottom half of the league. Given the flock, takes this one. Even though the experts say it's equal, flock take it big. All right, I'll take the Renegades. I think they win this week. I like Lamar. I like uh, the running backs. And I think Kyle Pitts has a breakout breakout game this week. So I'll take the Renegades. Um, Like you mentioned, James Robinson, I think maybe doesn't have a great matchup against Philly. Definitely don't like Singletary and Ayuk. I think those are two guys that make this matchup um, a little more in favor of the Renegades. So we got... 45 seconds left. Anything else you guys want to add quick? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to our week four preview. We'll see if the Desert Dogs can stay hot and get back to 500 so we can have some more fun next week. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week when we preview week five in the Sons of Fantasy Football League.